Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. Coming at you with mini-episode number seven, doing the dual mini-episode this week for the for the fans out there. We're going to go over the transfer portal and how it works. I know over the last uh, couple of years, especially this last year, we've heard of so many big names transferring, and then even this year, uh, since we're past the four games, and we'll talk about that in a second, it's it's gotten big again going into the 2020 season. So, I mean, first off, Walt, you know, what do we need to understand to just understand that, you know, what what's step one in the transfer portal here? Well, step one, before you even get to the transfer portal, you need to understand rules for the eligibility clock, you know, and we're going to speak specifically to Division One today, Woj, FBS for football side of it. For the eligibility clock, you have five calendar years to play four seasons of competition. The clock starts when you enroll as a full-time student at any two- or four-year school. To sum it up, what it means is you get five years to be with your athletic team, but you only get to participate in their games for four of those seasons. Basically, what it boils down to in college football, other sports included, you get a redshirt year. That means you get to practice with the team, hang out with the team, do all this, but you get one redshirt year, and then you can play four seasons. And really, you need to understand that first, Woj, before any of the transfer portal even makes sense. Yeah, and redshirt goes one step beyond that. You can actually play up to four games in the current season that you're going to redshirt yourself. So you can redshirt yourself as long as you haven't played more than four games that season. That's true, Woj. And then kind of to get into the transfer portal, what is it? Well, simply put, it's a database of players who have expressed an interest in transferring from their current school, Woj. It's not limited to specifically football, though, is it? Uh, no, uh, it's all collegiate sports. Well, it's it's just that port, anybody can go in the portal in any collegiate sport, and it's just a, a database for them to, to be able to get offers from other schools. That is true, but they limit it. I'm sure you know this, but they limit it to only one coach from each team that actually has access to this portal. And then for every school, their compliance department also has it. But with this transfer portal, there are some restrictions to the athletes, right, Woj? They're ineligible, Wall, to play their first year at a new school unless they have some transfer exceptions. What are some of the transfer exceptions, Wall? Well, they're pretty clearly defined. One, I mean, first year transfer, this doesn't apply to, you know, football, unfortunately, but for other sports, you got to remember this applies to all sports, this transfer portal. But for other sports, non-major sports, I'll call them, your first transfer, you have an automatic exception. That means you don't have to sit out a year. There's another exception, number two, I'll call it. If you return to your first school, your original school, without competing at the second in your sport, you're eligible to play right away, which you're not going to see that a lot in college football, are you, Woj? You're not, but it to be to, it's actually funny. Keaton Thompson from Mississippi State, the quarterback, he uh, he opted into the transfer portal, and now he's recommitted back to Mississippi State. So there is one there is one one of them that hits that rule and that exception. That's a good point, Woj. You're you're definitely caught the uh, caught the one out of all of the many that didn't come through like that. But another one you're probably not going to see in college football is that your uh, your sport is dropped at your current school. <laughs> that's a third exception. Yeah, that's. You're not going to likely not going to happen with football bringing in that much money as it does. Well, no, you're exactly right. It's not that one's not going to happen with football. There's sports that more may pertain to, but definitely not football. A fourth exception we're going to go through you. You're non-recruited or non-scholarship player. 
which again, the, the players that we follow and we talk about on a day-to-day basis, they're not going to fit this bill, are they? Uh, no, typically not. Well, and you'll see a lot of those non-recruited or non-scholarship players, you know, all of a sudden just up at after four, four games, they'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to redshirt myself, sit out the rest of the year, and I'm just going to go into the transfer. Uh, if you just go back a couple weeks, you'll just see slews of them from, from lots of different schools. So it does take place quite a bit, and it's prevalent. The fifth exception mode, again, we're kind of going over ones you're not going to see. You might see them in other sports, probably not football. But the fifth exception, as noted by the NCAA, is you have not participated in your sport for two years. So if you started off, you know, you played your first year, you went to practice your first year, burned your red shirt, or didn't even burn your red shirt for that matter, and then you skip two years, you can automatically transfer to another school and be eligible right away. Again, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any player that did that. Maybe you know better than I, Woj. I can't think of any either, Wall. No, it's probably not. Again, you're not going to see it too often in college football. But the sixth one, the big one, well, this is where you see all the time. You used to see it. You know, it's um, used in the past for sure. It's still used to this day. But if a player has a graduate or post-baccalaureate participation mode, and what does that mean for our fans? That means if you've graduated – uh, that is one of the exceptions. So you can, if you're a post-grad, you can go to a different school without having to sit out. And we'll talk about one quarterback a little, a little in a, just a couple minutes here that is actually doing that. Oh, it's very prevalent. Well, in college football these days, that would be one of the two main reasons you'd see it. Another exception, it's not listed in the actual transfer handbook by the NCAA, but you will see this on occasion. Um, I've seen it actually from a few different players this year specifically, but an exception, it's basically on a case-by-case basis, is a medical family hardship. Let's say your uh, your mom gets sick and you have to take care of her. A lot of times the NCAA will hand you, you know, a, a buy. They won't make you sit out a year if you move closer to your mom or another family member to take care of them because of health reasons. And you do see this, but it, again, it's on a case-by-case basis, and there's really no, you know, stance for it. It's kind of the NCAA has to grant you that eligibility. And while the big thing about this is and why it's gotten so big now, uh, you know, those exceptions have always been there. But here's the big deal now. On October 15, 2018, a new rule went into effect that notification of transfer, you essentially didn't need to be able to be told you could transfer. So beforehand, a school would have to give the athlete permission. Now the athlete just tells the school, I want to go into the transfer portal and they can and they can get scholarships from other schools so as soon as that player says they want to do that they go into the transfer portal and they're open for other schools to contact them absolutely well it's pretty simple all they have to do is go to their compliance department say hey put my name in there nothing else to it like you said 24 or 48 hours later they're in that portal and other coaches can see them uh caveat though Woj, you might not know this even conferences can create stricter guidelines if they want but it's yet to come into fruition in a big way so look for that down the road possibly conferences changing the rules a little bit maybe making it a little more strict to the way it is now but we haven't seen that yet 
I mean, I th I think if it does become a, a bigger issue over the years and over the years, I think uh, we'll probably see conferences do something. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I don't think it's become too big of a problem quite yet. But once you start seeing those like heavy scholarship players, those quarterbacks and everything deciding they're playing four games and they kick themselves out, then I think we get into issues. I don't think it's that big of an issue for the non-recruited or non-scholarship players because they're just looking to get some some reps maybe at a smaller school. Yeah, they'd be a you know a different we'll say a different category than probably the people we're talking about. Like right now we're talking about you know there's been some pretty well-known transfers and this came even before the rule you. You mentioned the notification of transfer rule that came out in 2018. Even before then, there were transfers and there was this transfer portal. But, you know, it just wasn't as many players every year. But there are a handful of people you may know. Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, quarterback, Texas, transferred to SMU in 2012. That was back in 2012, Woj. That was, you know, well before people were even talking about it. But he did have the ability to transfer there. And you know who else from Texas, coincidentally enough, just this year transferred to SMU? Shane Bouchelle. Shane Bussell chancellor there. We got another Texas quarterback going to SMU. So I guess it's it's something the SMU likes to snipe Texas quarterbacks. But what he did is he used the graduating rule that you were talking about. We were talking about before, Woj. It's, it's just one of those things you can do. How about Charles Sim, the running back from Houston? Went to West Virginia in 2013. He did, yeah. He, uh, I wouldn't say he's the only one either. Off the top of my head, Ryan Smith, you know, cornerback. He was the one that followed the uh, – Urban Meyer, he played at Utah on that undefeated Utah team around, I think, 2000, what was it, 2010 maybe, Woj? Somewhere in that area. But yeah. He, he followed, you know, Urban Meyer left Utah then, went to Florida, and Ryan Smith took advantage of that graduation rule, and he transferred right over to, with Urban Meyer to Florida. Uh, how about Russell Wilson is another big one who ended up going from NC State to Wisconsin in 2011. Well, where would he be without that transfer? Oh, I, I don't think he'd be where he is today in the NFL, maybe as high profile of a player, you know, coming out of NC, NC State versus coming out of Wisconsin. I I don't think he'd be where he is today, Woj, without that transfer. No. And a lot of this comes down to is, is these high profile picks. Uh, I mean, they get bonuses for being drafted in first and second rounds. And if if you're not known the, or known well enough, you're not going to get that at all, especially going to the NFL. So a couple of the recent transfers we've had just this past year was Justin Fields, the quarterback, went from Georgia to Ohio State. Uh, you had Tate Martell, who went from Ohio State to Miami. It's funny enough, he is not playing quarterback currently at the moment. <laughs> you had Kelly Bryant, uh, who's playing behind uh, Trevor Lawrence over at Clemson. He went to Missouri. And then you had Jalen Hurts uh, playing behind Tula at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, and look what he's done for himself this year, Wall. He's had a heck of a season. Other than that last game they played, they got the loss, but um, he's had a heck of a season. It was a great decision for him, and he's one of the people that did it right, Woj. You know, last year you mentioned the, the four-game rule where you only, you can play in four games and still use your red shirt. He did, he, you know, he did it right last year. He stayed with his team. He used his year of eligibility. He graduated from the University of Alabama, and man, I don't know if you remember Woj, but when he graduated, those you know those kids gave him a hell of a standing applause when he got his diploma because he stuck around. You know, it might have cost him a little bit, but he's a team player. But he did transfer, and I think it was the right decision for him. You know, in his future. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, a couple of the guys in the 2020 portal right now. So guys that have their names in the transfer portal as of right now. 
and are eligible in 2020. Um, Jake Sears, quarterback from USC, he's going to be using the graduate rule. So he is a graduate of USC, obviously is not playing this year for them, um, but he did enter the uh, transfer portal, so he is open to go wherever. He has not decided where he's going yet. Uh, and how about uh, Derek King, Wall, from Houston? Tariq King, he got out of that program. He saw that things were crumbling, and he just wanted to get out. I don't think they've uh, said anything about him being in the portal, though, right, Woj? He is not in the portal yet. Him and Keith Corbin, four games into the season, both left and redshirted themselves. And Derek King's dad on Twitter the next day went on there and said, you know, it was great to be at Houston, but, you know, sometimes just got to move on. Now they've backed up their steps, and both of them have said they like Houston and they're probably going to stay there. I don't know what to believe. But if you're going to do that four games into the season, you're probably going to end up wanting to get transferred. They probably weren't happy with the program at the at the current time. So I'd imagine I'd see both of them transferring by the or in the transfer portal by the end of the year. Uh, another one, Connor Hayward, the running back from Michigan State. He's undecided on where he wants to go. Hey, well, didn't you have interest in him? Wasn't he on your fantasy team at one point? He was on my fantasy team at one point, but obviously not anymore because he's not playing. <laughs> well, it depends how your fantasy league's set up. If he transfers and he does go to a school that's still in your league, you could potentially keep a player like that for everyone listening, for most leagues anyways. But a player you're not going to be able to keep because he's on the defensive side of the ball, Brenton Cox Woj, from from uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah five-star uh, recruit. He went to Georgia. Uh, he actually was originally supposed to go to Ohio State, backed out of Ohio State, went to Georgia, and then he backed out of Georgia and went to Florida. Uh, he got there on August 12th, and they had a big, huge ordeal over him, you know, because he transferred so early. Would he be able to play? But no, he is not eligible to play this year, but that five-star linebacker will be at Florida next year and eligible to play in the 2020 season. Hey, that's not the only defensive player we got, though. We got Isaiah Pryor, too, defensive back out of Ohio State, who I'm wishing – I bet they're wishing he didn't transfer, but is he in the portal now? He is in the portal. Uh, he's already visited Notre Dame. Uh, he's still got two seasons of eligibility left. And, I, well, I remember watching him. He's a good player. Uh, he's one of the better defensive backs. And uh, just at the beginning of the year, he was behind Josh uh, Proctor. as with. Well, he was lined up with him as the – backup behind uh, starter Jordan Fuller, but I don't think that made him too happy, so he entered the uh, the turn or transfer proto- protocol, and, and now we're here. He's already visited Notre Dame, and I don't know why he'd go to Notre Dame after backing out of Ohio State, but hey, that's all him. Yeah, it's their decision. I guess that's why the transfer portal's there. It's obviously in favor of the players and the athletes as opposed to the colleges and the conferences. Thanks for listening to this mini episode, guys, about the transfer portal and how the transfers work. Uh, you can get a hold of us at uh, Twitter at WWCFB. Instagram is college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website is collegefootballrundown.com. You can get a hold of me or Kyle at Kyle or Matt at collegefootballrundown.com. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This was the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And we're out.